What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 53. Today with my guest, Jared Harris, from the band One in the Chamber, from Toronto, Ontario. They are a modern metal-slash-hard-rock band with a touch of thrash, I would say. Uh, Jared came on to talk about their new song, To the Gallows, which is featured on this episode. They also have a killer new music video to go with it as well. You can find the song on Spotify and all the usual places. So if you like it, definitely go check it out. As always, feel free to subscribe to the band or to the podcast, wherever you may be listening. It always helps us out. But uh, yeah, anyway, hopefully you yourself are doing all right out there. Staying safe, staying sane, all that stuff. If you're in a band and have new music come out, it's always possible we could do an episode. But I am receiving a little more requests than I used to these days, so can't quite guarantee anything. Uh, lastly, if you do follow the podcast anywhere online, uh, I have some new shirts that came in. So if you're interested, you can message me about that as well. But yeah, that pretty much covers it. Um, as of today, this podcast turns one year old, which is kind of crazy. Uh, year definitely flew by. Uh, my gratitude and thanks to everybody who's been supporting, listening, and coming on for interviews. It's been fun so far. So yeah, without further ado, episode 53 with One in the Chamber. Like I said, I think we're up and running. Uh, my name's Brett. Um, so obviously, thanks for coming on to what I call the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast. Well, Just, thanks for having uh, me, Brett. Yeah, no problem. Um, basically, yeah, to kind of give you the backstory, I mean, I play in a local band around the Baltimore area, but uh, when things got shut down, there was a lot less to do. So I was like, well, what's a good way to like kind of get this the scene or this community going a little more even mm. uh, even in a yeah, small yeah. way you know like it's like well you know everybody and their mom's got a podcast so <laughs> just just get one going and yeah um i realize you guys are from the great great white north but hey nonetheless um if we can help your scene out or you know get you involved with anything that we do down here you know more the merrier of course it's greatly appreciated yeah i mean the older you get to like the more you realize there's absolutely no competition between bands it's more like uh if anything there's opportunity for bands to like sort of share fan bases in a way more more and more i'm realizing that and i mean when we first started off we were always very uh we were never very competitive in that sort of sense we were always looking to just have a good time with within the band and you know we wanted to play with bands that we like listening to but you know bands that we can hang out with so for us it was always uh you know there was never that competitive aspect but the more and more yeah. that uh like i do the sort of managing side of things like there's a like the whole like bands having to be better than other bands and and stuff like that and yeah. you know the egos and the drama it, it doesn't benefit anyone Especially not us part-timers. I don't think. It's not like we have a lot to uh, lose here in this game. Yeah, if anything, mm. we have more to gain. If <laughs> if you even want to look at look at it that way. But, but yeah, I mean, I guess your guys' backstory is you got the, the hard rock, sort of thrashy, sort of borderline metal thing going in your sound, uh, I would say. And that, for me, is at least right up my alley because, you know, like, one of my all-time favorite bands is Pantera, and I grew up as a pretty hardcore zealot of those types of bands, and specifically those types of guitar players. Um, okay, moreover, yeah, yeah. I uh, I joke that I just write songs so that I can like play a you know a good lead part or something over it. <laughs> like, 
I, I never had much intention on singing. But anyway, um, I don't know your exact function in the band, so I figured... I'm the drummer. Okay, cool. I'm the drummer, yeah. I did watch your video, but I was like, I'm not quite sure if you're the... <laughs> which, uh, which one is he? Yeah. <laughs> That's fair, yeah, so, yeah. So this brings up the next natural question that I normally ask people is like, who's the ringleader in your circus, so to speak? Like, who's really captaining the ship because uh, oftentimes it's not always like the lead singer per se it's it's a i mean if we're talking from a sound writing songwriting songwriting point of view um you know it's it's a very collaborative effort the four of us are all all songwriters in that sort of sense uh cecil eugene our lead guitar player writes a ton of fantastic ideas and you know especially in the last few years when when we, you know, when we first started the band, people would bring in nearly completed ideas. We'd play them as written, and that would be the song. But you know, as we became more of a band, uh, it was less of bringing in completed ideas and more of, hey, check this riff out, or what do you think of this? And then you know, we kind of start jamming yeah. on it in the rehearsal space, and it became much more organic. Um, you know, so all of us bring in ideas. Cecil Eugene is fantastic at that. Our bassist Christian Dotto is fantastic at that, and. Our, our singer and, and and guitar player Mike Biasse is also fantastic at that. Um, if we're talking about management side, like that's uh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, so I mean that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's kind of interesting to interview the drummer, and uh, I've no one expects a, no one expects yeah. it to be the drummer. <laughs> it's usually not. Um, although I mean I have been in at least one in band where I would say the drummer was very um, very uh, prominently organizing things for the band but you know in the best of worlds it's usually a team effort as i'm sure you know yeah but, um, i mean it, it just kind of came out of necessity right like we were starting yeah. the band and i was in music school and uh at the time i happened to be taking a music business course and uh yeah you know none of us really knew how to take it past beyond booking a couple shows with like the few promoters that we already knew uh, so I, it, it just kind of fell on, onto me somehow. And, you know, I never took the role per se, but no one else was taking it. And oh, yeah, somehow I mean, eventually it turned in, turned into this thing that I do daily, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, it's exactly like that. It's necessity. So if no one does it, then nothing's going to get done. So absolutely, that's yeah. uh, good on you for getting it going. Um, you mentioned interviewing people, so obviously that sparks my curiosity, kind of like. I yeah, forgot. I I write for a number of uh, music blogs. Uh, the one I write for the most is the Still Magazine, and they're kind of based okay. in Toronto, but they're on the internet, so I mean they're everywhere, right? Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, over the last few years, I've had the chance to interview some people. You know, uh, I was actually just uh, on the phone with. Jordan from the Mono Whales, they're a Toronto pop rock band, um, yeah. you know, like 20 minutes before this interview. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've interviewed some, you know, a lot of local musicians, uh, one that will definitely pique your interest. And one of my favorite conversations that I've had was with Phil Anselmo. Uh, that was probably wow. two or three years ago now. That was definitely my favorite interview that I did. That's that's freaking sick, man. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm sure he's very opinionated as ever. But uh, honestly, still. he was just he was a lot more chill than I thought he would be. He, yeah. you know, like he he came on and I was told I would have a strict twenty minutes because he was doing back to back interviews and yeah, he just talked with this very slow southern drawl. And by the time we finished the first question, because he just he rambled i was like yeah. Shit, like we're not we're not gonna finish this like i have yeah. so much to ask this guy and here we are like 15 minutes in i've only got the first question down you know yeah. and uh for whatever reason he was like you know what in two hours call me back and i was like what call you back okay yeah. and you know like after that we ended up chatting for like an hour and uh you know, I was expecting him to be this opinionated guy, but he was, you know, just really laid back, really chill, really yeah. cool guy to chat with. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously the big uh, Dimebag guy or fan, but, like, I feel like Phil is, like, such an enigma in his own way. I know that eventually the two of them maybe had a little 
falling out or whatever, but like I remember watching some early interviews with Phil when the band wasn't famous and he really seemed down to earth at least at that time. And maybe he always yeah, has mean, been or nothing's changed, but I'd have I just, to dig into it more, but yeah, he's a he's someone that I didn't expect you know, like I expected him to be a certain way and he turned out yeah. to be the complete opposite. But on the interviewer side of things, I mean, in that one of the fun parts about doing that sort of thing is like expectations are in a way like your worst enemy. Like Absolutely, yeah. If you if you come into it with any anything like that, like you're just hurting yourself and you're doing of a disservice to whoever you're talking to, probably. Um I don't know. I think I learned that from Bob Dylan though. <laughs> not that not that he interviewed people, but he would always say that. He's like expectations. I mean, those those got to be the first things you learn how to forget. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, I digress. I'm trying to keep this focused on on you, but like, it's cool, just like the random people I meet through this, and in a way, I'm also getting into the side of things in music where it's like, what do you call this? This is like an ancillary thing maybe on the side that some of us do, whether it's write for blogs or podcasts or whatever, mm, trying to like yeah. support the scene in our own way. And it's secondary to playing music, you know, it's just, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's it, like playing music takes so much time out of my day and doing the managing side takes so much time out of my day, yeah. but like I wouldn't trade it for the world and writing and interviewing people, it, you know, a ton of work goes into it as, as you know, and uh you know it's just it's just fun to do it's fun to for me i i like you know it's it's for me i get sent records to listen to sometimes in advance sometimes you know after they've come out from bands that i've never yeah. heard of right you know and like a pr agent that I, I i like will just send me an email being like hey check these guys out and you know i'll listen to them and i'll be like whoa that's that's cool i want to write about that and give them yeah. something that they can they can use you know so it's it's fun no i mean i'm just really dipping my toes into the water i guess in this world because i mean i got um as of this week the podcast will be one year old and fantastic to the week i've gotten 52 episodes so nice. kinda, you know cruising cruising through cruising along i never thought i would take it this far honestly i was like ah, let me give it a few months and while we don't have shows you know i'll do this mm -hmm. And just have yeah, it in my, yeah. in my back pocket, but it's kind of been more of a forefront thing at this point because obviously booking is taking a backseat instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I've uh, I only tried to do it because of a local musician around here um, who's I don't know, arguably successful, um, at least <laughs> for sure in my world. But he's like, just do it. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, it might be really fun. It might be really beneficial. Uh, or it, it might not. But Yeah, the worst that happens is it's not, and you stop. You exactly. Know? <laughs> and so, I don't know. I think it's just kind of cool. And obviously, getting to talk to you and talk to other people, I, I think you might be my second or third Canadian guest. So, that's that's been cool so as well. So, I, I found your podcast after you interviewed uh, Matt uh, from yeah, a yeah. chat with Matt. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he's just a fantastic on the business side of things. Like I very much look up to what he does because he's worked yeah. with some bands that we've played with or bands that we've always wanted to play with. And he's just done some fantastic work bringing them to places that you wouldn't expect a band of, you know, to make it that quick. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, and when he, when the pandemic started, he similarly started doing a podcast thing and he entered, we, him and I did a chat and. You know, it was it was cool to hang out and it was cool to kind of bounce ideas back and forth and and, and all that. Yeah, I mean, I to be honest, I'd really never heard of much, uh, you know, any anybody in in your guys' scene or circle. So I, I don't remember if he hit me up or if I hit him up, but that was kind of cool. It was like, you know, yeah. thanks, thanks for coming on. I guess like, you know, <laughs> you see, he seemed like kind of a big dog at least in my world because. Like I said, or to keep reiterating, I'm really just trying to support my friends' bands, and or at least that's how it started, you know. Mm -hmm, yeah. And 
kind of make people seem cooler or bigger than they are <laughs> <You know? laughs> from from the bands that often get written about and sound cooler and bigger than they are we we appreciate it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah i mean on that note obviously we're here to kind of talk about one in the chamber and what you guys have been up to lately um most importantly probably promoting to the gallows right would be the the latest single the- Definitely, yeah. I, that was our most recent single coming out. It, uh, the single itself came out, uh, oh, I don't even remember anymore. It was like the second last week in November, and the music video followed a week later uh, in November of 2020. And yeah, we've just been currently riding on that wave yeah. uh, since then. Nice. I mean, cool video as a guitar player again. I liked it. There's Thanks. At least some, uh, Thanks. Some, some tasty licks in there. And, uh, you know, you don't often see that as much anymore. Uh, I mean, it's so it's a weird song for us because, I mean, I, I don't know how much of a chance you had to listen to some of our other stuff, but usually it's very riff driven and uh, or it's very like groovy. And for us, yeah. this song kind of came about when uh, Cecil Eugene uh our our lead guitar player just he got a new loop pedal and he started messing around with it and he was getting these really weird sounds and it almost sounded like uh it almost sounded like it was out of a movie or something where you know this sort of yeah. haunting pulling effect was going on as he was playing those chords and and almost like instantly uh like myself and and chris started jamming with him on it because he kind of went into that crunchy part from from there mm-hmm. with the the big dynamic shift and uh you know sure enough like mike is pulling out his notebook and he's like scribbling out lyrics and you know, lyrics are so beyond me i don't i don't know how someone can just like hear music and be like words you know like how how does that happen i have no idea but uh <laughs> sure enough I, like we had that we were it was over like one practice it came about very organically and it just came about very very suddenly and uh it was such a weird song for us that uh, we we kind of said, like, that was fun. We're going to record that, but I don't think it'll ever be a single or a music video. It'll just be yeah. something that gets released on an EP or something. And, uh, you know, sure enough, we went into the studio January 2020, um, and then 2020 happened. <laughs> <laughs> and the, all the plans we had for releasing music that year... Uh, that all changed, right? So Blow came out as planned because that was already kind of in the works back in the end of March, early April. And everything that was supposed to happen afterwards didn't. And yeah. uh, even even two weeks before we went to film the music video for To The Gallows, we were planning on filming a separate, an entirely separate con- video concept for an entirely different song. Hmm. Uh, and then, uh, you know, cause restrictions were pretty loose up here. Um, I don't know how it is where you are, but we were kind of in this sort of tiered system. And at the time we were able to have like social indoor gatherings of X amount of people and yeah. we were able to do it. And, uh, sure enough, like two weeks before we're going to shoot this video, uh, the restrictions like locked up real tight. Mm-hmm. And uh, suddenly it was a very illegal video to do because it was going to be very elaborate with people, right? Yeah. Um, so we had the, the video team booked. So we just kind of decided to go to a separate space and, and film a new video for a completely different song. And I think for all of us, it became one of our favorite songs that we had recorded back in the beginning of 2020. So for us, even though it was such a weird song, to put out, you know, it was the Black Sheep song that we were like, we'll never, it'll never be a single, it'll just be released. Uh, suddenly, it became the priority. Yeah. Yeah, well, I definitely know what it's like t- to be in those shoes in these times, um, as far as shooting videos or playing shows or not playing shows, but, um, you know, that's a big old rabbit hole. But I guess the yeah. major, major thing that I've probably noticed a- across the board of everyone I've talked to and that I know is just like as musicians we're pretty good at like I don't know improv sort of like figuring out ways to still get some creative things done no matter yeah. what what happens you know like um like I said it's a big subject and like I don't know which way you want to take it but 
that's just kind of my feeling on it. I mean, no one could have predicted last year, and no one knew how to handle it. And, I mean, we were just fortunate enough that we had just got out of the studio with uh, with an EP's worth of music recorded. Yeah. You know, we were in this very fortunate position where we didn't have to scramble to make content. You know, we, we filmed the music video for Blow probably about two weeks before Canada went into lockdown. Yeah. Um, so we were in this position where we were like, what's going to happen? But enough was in motion that, you know, by the time Blow came out, the single release party that we had booked for Blow was obviously canceled and all of our spring dates that were booked or being booked were completely off the table. Yeah. And, um, but we had this, we had this new video and this new song and, uh, we were fortunate enough to be in this position where we could promote that. And, you know, we did the interview cycle and the review cycle and, we got it on some Canadian radio here and there and uh, some pretty impressive playlists and stuff like that. And, you know, it. we were just in this lucky position. Now, on the flip well, side, we we're suddenly in this position of, oh, man, we have all this music. How do we release it in, you know, because, I mean, still, despite as digital as the world has become, the best way to promote new music is to perform, you know, and perform to yeah. everyone everywhere. So suddenly we were like, okay, we just put all this, all this time and money into this, into this EP, this record. How how do we release it in a way that uh, you know does it justice, right? We don't want to just put it out and then have it lost in the noise and the confusion of of the year. Yeah. Um. So I can't I can't tell you how many times I rewrote the plan for 2020 and how many band mm -hmm. meetings we had where we were like spitballing different ideas and. A week would go by and suddenly this thing that we we're all like yeah we're gonna do that suddenly it was like nope can't can't do that you know or yeah. you know it was it was a year of kind of learning to accept that certain things are out of our control and then kind of using the excess of time and the excess of you know just the lack of deadlines to be able to kind of reflect on when does this really need to come out and maybe if we take it a little bit slower, we could focus on the songs a bit more and, you know, focus on how we're releasing them a bit more and, and stuff like that. But, I mean, to what you were saying, despite not being able to stop what happened, it's, uh, you know, the goal was to never take a break or slow down. It was, it was you know, it was always looking for ways that we could push forward and present our music in exciting, engaging ways. And, and, uh, and, Somehow, I I want to say we pulled it off with our with the way twenty twenty yeah. went. Yeah, and really, what I'm curious about, based on everything you just said, is like I do listen to a lot of other music podcasts and things like that, and they talk about release plans and promotions and all these different things that you could do. And uh, generally speaking, it makes my eyes glaze glaze over, and I check out. But um, nonetheless, it's important, and I know you guys obviously have it a band of a different stature than like for instance what i do personally i generally play in cover bands or I have an original band that's largely me um <laughs> so it's not like there's a lot of extra people behind it pushing it okay yeah like that. yeah um but nonetheless i try to get everybody i know involved and that sort of thing i guess what i'm learning maybe and i think i'm still pretty naive when it comes to any of this stuff but it's like, I think what you're doing right now, and, you know, maybe chat with Matt, um, him as well. I don't know, man, but I think that goes miles farther than any, like, release plan or, like, promotion you could ever do. <laughs> because it just, like, face-to-face -face contact, like, conversation with people. And especially, I mean, when you're helping other people out, you know, with the blog or with the playlists or stuff like that. Like, I yeah, I mean, I mean, you're meeting tons of cool people I through doing this. And, you know, musicians are interesting people to talk to because we're all doing different things, but we're all, for the most part, doing it for the same few reasons. And generally, yeah. you know, you could you get you get a lot of interesting stories out of it. And hopefully you get a lot of interesting music out of it that. You know, even if it's not for you, you could listen to it and, you know, potentially appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I think this year has really 
allowed for some artists to kind of uh, be highlighted in a sense of, you know, there, there were the artists that were not being socially responsible and were pushing forward. And then there were the artists that were being socially responsible and looking for creative ways to bring, you know, together their music with other artists music and with you know people like you and me chatting like this and you know i think i think as a whole the year kind of allowed for musicians within their own scene and between different scenes to kind of connect in a way that uh we may not have previously yeah i mean that's basically the the fundamental theme that comes up for sure but um, yeah, I just think adaptation is the key, no matter what, you know, it's just like, whether this had happened or not, if your ability to adapt to like, oftentimes, it's just like the new thing, like the new, um, you know, with the internet being the way it is, like, if you can pick up on a little niche or niche somewhere um, on the internet and promote your stuff that way, like you can really get get some attention i mean there's just so many for options sure now. yeah yeah and like people who seem to embrace that are usually rewarded at least that i've noticed but um i don't know like you said it's a crazy time but you guys seem to be on the right path i guess is what i'm trying to say thank like you you're... thank you i'm glad i'm glad it like looks that way you know what i mean because yeah it's so hard to tell these days between the pandemic and, you know, just the way rock is kind of on more of a underground sort of circuit than what it was say yeah. 20, 30 years ago. Right. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to tell when you're in the thick of it. And, you know, we see that we're making progress. We see the streams go up and the views go up and, and things yeah. like that. But it's really, you know, it means a lot to us when we, when someone from the outside of it is looking at what we're doing and looking at how we're doing it and they're like, yeah, that's cool. And, you know, for us, it's, it's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, sent you a text of a music video that I did recently. I meant to send you that earlier, but. Uh, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, check it out for sure. I think it. uh you'll probably get a kick out of it for a couple of reasons, but mostly it's, I think it's in the ballpark of the genre that we play in. So, okay, um, yeah. uh, what I, I think that I wanted to admit or bring up was rock. I mean, since you just mentioned it, like, uh, that particular subject is one that I like to talk about because a, it's, it's my wheelhouse and B, I think it's just like dormant, but it's, it's like waiting to come out, you know, like, I don't know if it needs to be reinvented or new blood See, I, or whatever, I, but I think that there's still a big market for rock that's just not being reached. I I don't know. Um, I I kind of to me there's like a someone had put out an article recently and uh, I cannot remember where I read it. Uh, I think it was an interview with. A progressive metal singer i i'm not really a progressive metal guy beyond tool so yeah. uh i don't really i don't remember his name or what band he played in uh but he was talking about how rock music is going the way jazz music went in the 50s and 60s where it shifted from this sort of mainstream thing to this underground thing and you know he kind of left it there but i to me the thought of that because i i love jazz music um yeah you know, I actually went to school to study jazz, uh, nice. but uh, you know, for me, it's that that thought kind of intrigued me because in the '50s and '60s, jazz music really uh, took a whole new life of its own musically. Yeah. Uh, you know, be, when there's no there's no commercial like, with with less commercial expectations, it almost allows for the artist to kind of experiment and push sounds because. You're no longer pushing for each record to top necessarily the next one or, you know, the record doesn't have to break, you know, a couple million units or anything like or whatever, you know, yeah. like there with with the removal of expectations, it almost frees the artist to to take a different path or take a different creative look at what they're doing. Um, that being said, I think there's a lot of great rock bands out there. You just have to, you know, kind of look for them and you you've been finding them, I'm sure. But. Uh, yeah. you know, there's, you know, 
bands that come to mind uh, that I've found over the years, Them Evils out of California are awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. They're very like 80s rock, um, but also like a little grungy. They're, I really like them all. Uh, yeah. Hogan's Goat, they're out of, I don't remember anymore, and I don't know if they're still active or not, but they put out a record maybe mm -hmm. four years ago, and I still blast that record often. Uh, it's a little more on the metal side. Awesome. Um, you know, in Toronto, we've got bands like uh, the Jailbirds and Crownlands and Drop Top Alibi and uh, uh, the Reed Effect. Um, one of the bands that kind of inspired us when we first started, uh, Last Bullet, they're no longer together. But, you know, again, they put out some great records. Uh, and there's a huge, I'm finding more and more, like, all the time, there's a huge wave of rock bands in the uk that are really really great yeah. and um i've been added to some like uk facebook groups and uh they have a really supportive network over there yeah so does uh, Berlin. I'm, yeah it's you know really supportive and like almost every day someone's sharing a band uh that's pretty cool and doing like cool things and you know i'm checking them out and like, there's a lot there's a lot over there yeah, I'm trying to kind of branch out or branch in as well. I'm, I'm yeah. very interested in uh, Germany because they, they still have a hard rock scene going as well. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I sort of agree with everything you said. And then I can still kind of say, I don't know if, if rock ever deserves or wants the limelight again. But I just know that, like, from playing in a cover band, like, how nuts people will go at a certain time of night for like an ACDC song, you know, like that <laughs> yeah, has not changed yeah. and yeah. like young or old. Yeah. It's like when freaking highway to hell kicks in with that drum beat and that guitar riff or back in black, like people will lose their shit for a minute, like at the yeah, right time of night, of course. Sure. But like, for sure, I just think, I mean, there's, there's no doubt that there, there is that market. And I mean, especially like, I see it more on the American side, just because the festivals yeah. that you guys have, you know, and the lineups that you guys are able to put together of like pure rock metal festivals yeah. and some of them weekends back to back in, you know, just one state over sort of thing. I, yeah. To me, that's crazy uh, because over here, like when we have like major, major festivals, uh, like Oceaga is a big festival over in Quebec, a mm. province over from, from where I'm at. And, uh, you know, they, they've been around doing it massive massive festival for years now and uh it's mostly pop music it's a little bit of hip-hop it's a little bit of like djs and a lot of like alternative pop rock bands yeah. uh you know sort of like that modern indie rock stuff um and you'll get like the odd rock and roll band like this year i, I don't think i mean it's booked but i don't think oshiega is going to end up happening this year but yeah. Uh, you know, Foo Fighters are set to headline one night, and everyone else on the bill is like pop music. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like looking at it. I'm like, they they almost every year they almost do it, right? But like from a Canadian perspective, like I don't necessarily see the same the same market that uh, you would see in America. But I like I said, I I think there's a ton of great bands around, big yeah. and small, that are doing lots of great things. Yeah, I mean for sure. I guess I'll say one last thing on the rock front and then I'll, I'll let it be or let it die. But like, um, for, so like, I think the greatest living rock band right now is Biffy Clyro from Scotland, from Edinburgh, I believe. And, um, I've seen them. You know what? I've never given them enough of a chance. I so, always hear good so, things. They look like yeah. a cool band. And I saw them once opening for Muse, maybe, Oh man, I want to say I was in high school, so we're going back almost ten years now. Um, and uh, I, for whatever reason, like I just never got around to. Check. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably I'll probably listen to them in the car tomorrow. So like, <laughs> yeah, I sort of have a long-winded like or thing to say, I guess, which is basically just like the first time I heard of them, I listened to them, I was like, yeah, it's pretty catchy, pretty cool, kind of inventive, and then didn't ever like think about it again for a while. And then another one of their songs came out or something and crossed my radar. I listened to it again. I was like, oh, maybe I missed something here. Or maybe it was like an interview I saw with them. 
And then I went to one of their shows and I was like, this is it. It like definitely changed my whole world about like okay, how, what, how rock what, can be and the okay, next frontier yeah. of it all. Because they're 20 yeah. years ahead of their time and that's their problem, at least in, in North America. They're too far ahead what, of their time. Europe what, gets what, it. What record would you like as an introduction to them, like your favorite go-to album from them? Like I'm gonna listen to it on the way to work tomorrow. Which which oh, record would sweet. you would you recommend? Uh, I mean, I think it's opposites is is really my my go to. I think it's just okay. But um, it's just an absolute masterpiece, and it just blows the doors off what okay. rock could be and what it can be and where it's going. I just think that they're too far ahead of their time. Where like it, people in North America just don't seem to get it. But over in Europe, like I've been over there, and they're on the radio, and their shows are nuts, and it's just like, I I don't understand why they're right. all right. I'll but, I'll have to check it out. I I will. But, you know, and after this conversation, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a proper chance. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> whether you like it or you don't, I just I think it's that is the frontier, and like if if somehow some way another band maybe is able to sort of kind of find that sweet spot of experimental rock with pop rock which is kind of what they do but they also do some heavy shit um, you know it like going off of just what you're saying it kind of it, to me it sounds like royal blood you know that mm-hmm. sort of experimental alternative rock with a little bit of like mm-hmm. pop catchiness who i and need to check out that's, now. oh i love royal blood uh their mm-hmm. first album what it came out Actually, it came out around the time that we were starting our band. And, you know, we come from all the four of us. We come from very different musical tastes and we all like yeah. different things. And I think I brought that record into the band and I was like, you guys got to check this out. It's just two guys. It's just a bassist yeah. and a drummer. And I think all four of us were like, you know, we heard that record. and we We're all like, holy shit. Like that was a band that it's very rare that the four of us can get behind one band and to the same level of enthusiasm and i think we yeah. i think i feel confident enough to say that at that time we did um the first record is a lot more alternative heavy hard rock the second mm-hmm. record was a little more poppy but uh the songwriting a little more refined but yeah. you know just going off of how you're de- describing blithy cairo it's it sounds like they're in that same sort of sphere again both yeah. from the uk as well yeah, like I, I really think that it's America at this point that's lacking in originality. Like myself included, you you can watch my latest music video. Um, I I really think that I'm not breaking any molds or boundaries with it by any means. Um, it was interesting for me lyrically is what I was experimenting with because I was writing about a book. Well, I mean, there's there's but, like um, validity in that as well, right? I mean, yeah. not everything has to has to break. Not everything has to necessarily break a mold, right? Yeah, and I'm not trying to by any means. <laughs> like, I'm just doing whatever it is I do because that's what comes out. But um, you know, I, I do think that there's just room to grow within the genre, and that's pretty much for sure. Pretty, of course, you know, yeah. Pretty much all I got. But I mean, you guys are obviously kicking ass on your front. Oh, as thank well. you so much. So, um, I think what you're doing in particular, personally, is probably driving a decent amount of the success i would think oh thank you yeah i mean i um, i like to think so it, every every release we put out kind of does better than the next the the previous one and you know i think we're all still blown away when you know i get an email like a, a couple of weeks ago we uh, to the gals was featured on 94.9 the rock um yeah. one of a, a big toronto station and uh you know they played two of our songs before in the past they do this sort of weekend feature with uh up-and-coming bands and you know i think we're we're all still just like stoked when someone's like yeah we'll play your song or we'll we'll chat with you guys or you know it gets added to a playlist or you know you wake up one day and you see the song was added to loudwire's playlist and you know it's up like a a thousand or two more streams than it was you know last time you checked it's you know it's it's modest success, but it's success that, you know, really pushes us and drives us. And, you know, I, I think every release that we've put out, we've kind of walked away from it being surprised yeah. with 
how much more it grows. And, yeah, and, you know, we're just grateful for that. Yeah, and perspective is such a funny, weird, fickle thing, too, because, like, there's so many different tiers and plateaus and, like, I don't know. Of I mean, course, I can, yeah. Like, I consider you guys to be, like, probably, like, a mid-level band, but even that is a gigantic conversation <laughs> about, like, what a mid-level what band is. What is a mid-level band? <laughs> but, like, I, um, but just based on, like, your number of streams and stuff like that, like, I mean, I don't normally even talk to people with more than you know a couple thousand streams in their songs half the time mm. so you know you guys got 50 or something crazy it's like basically yeah. rock basically full-time rock stars in my opinion but uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'll know. take it i'll i'll take uh, i'll take uh, the job title and then uh, uh, your letter of recommendation <laughs> yeah i think you've graduated <laughs> yeah so you guys are like i said kind of on the on the right track um, I guess I'll ask you one personal question then musically, like, you know, um, since you're a drummer, man, you, uh, probably jam the hardest. I don't know. I don't want to speak for anyone who's not here, but what's your favorite song to, to get into, to play live? Like, probably like our song, like original yeah, song like, that we play. What song gets you fired up? If hypothetically there were live shows, you know? probably blow just because we yeah. we like to end we like to end the set with that one and it's just such a it's just such a it's very simple you know when we went into the studio i had all these ideas and uh, our producer murray daigle um was just kind of like you know what i heard this song and i thought these big ideas you were doing they took away from the energy of the song he's like why don't you try something like this and he kind of just charted something out on paper yeah. and he was like, he's like, look, it's Dave Grohl drums, it's dummy drums, but like, it's gonna kick ass. And you know, sure enough, like, I was playing it, and at first it was kind of like, oh, like I put a fill here that was awesome, it was big, and but you, you know, you kind of get out of that, and you're like, what, what serves the music? Because at the end of the day, like, yeah, big fills are fun, and I can do them live yeah. all I want, but like, you gotta serve the song because exactly. no one else wants big fills all the time. They want, they want a song, and uh, you know. It, I walked away from the studio session and everyone was like, were you okay with that? And I was like, man, dummy drums are so fun. Mm. (laughs) And yeah, that song, that song gets me hyped up every time. And you know, it's kind of like this last burst of energy because like, like by that point, like I'm, I'm drenched in sweat and I'm like gasping for air and the water that I brought back behind the kit is gone and like, I'm done. And, you know, that song kicks in and I'm like, all right, this is this is the homeward push. And uh, yeah. but I mean, I also really like the groovy songs. Um, you know, I, I went to jazz school. I love funk music. I love hip hop. Yeah. And and, uh, you know, I love the Chili Peppers. They're one they, you know, oh, yeah. the reason I got into playing drums. Exactly. And, uh, you know, what I love about Chad and what I love about John Bonham is that they have this sort of unrelenting massive rock sound to their playing but it just grooves so nicely yeah and you know that's what i try to do and you know with some of the groovier songs like uh the ballad of captain jack or uh crooked girl that one's not released yet but uh you know songs like that uh it's really fun to just you know kind of lay back and and you know put put a little groove in there because you know every other song is just massive you know itching back bills to pay yeah. blow they're just like these big rock songs big fills big beats and but i mean those are yeah those ones get me amped up the most oh yeah yeah, yeah i feel the same about playing guitar you know it's about trying not to do too much in a way just yeah of course finding that zone where you're just kind of doing your job but rocking out yeah for um, sure for sure but yeah um it's probably i usually keep these things about 45 in an hour or something like that um really uh if there's any shout outs or subjects you wanted to get to i mean this would kind of be the time to i don't know mention something that i didn't bring up or didn't get to um, no no it, it all sounded good to me i mean we talked about we talked about the music we talked about some of the bands that we're listening to it was a fun time all right cool well yeah i mean i always kind of end these things by saying like my favorite musician of all time um from philadelphia like after he died people were just they would just say you know what he made us feel like heroes in our own lives like through our, through his songs and i was like well 
if I can do that with either my own songs or podcasts, like, you know, fuck it. Might as well try. <laughs> so, um, I hope you feel heroic. And uh, if not, that's cool too. But um, No, no. Doing stuff like, like this, definitely, it, it's, it's always fun. It's fun to talk about, like, what we're doing. It's fun to connect with other creative people doing, you know, what they're doing and stuff like that. You know, very much uh, thank you for, for having me and thanks for featuring One in the Chamber. Yeah, man. Um, I'll definitely plug it on all the the places um and we'll I share got. it for sure sweet um obviously if you're ever in baltimore drop it on <laughs> i mean that probably seems hoping. like years away at this point i don't even yeah, know yeah yeah who um, knows right i mean uh, the rumors here are that toronto will be doing some shows come the fall yeah but i mean the way things have been going now you know, it kind of reminds yeah. me of last year. Like, March came, and we're like, okay, we'll be fine by summer. And summer came, we're like, yeah. okay, but by fall, we'll be fine. Fall came, and we're yeah. like, but by the holidays. And, you know, the holidays came, we're like, yeah, yeah, but, but 2021, and, you know, it. so, I mean, yeah. we'll see. But, yeah, making it into the States yeah. would be, you know, that would be a fantastic time. You might have to. I mean, I think you're going to have a harder time, probably, from everybody I talked to up north. Like, sounds like you guys got the harsher restrictions, so... I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. Um, I did just get uh, freshly printed T-shirts too, so uh, I can always send one of, the, one of those your guys' way as well. Nice. Um, That'd be fun. Yeah. They're pretty comfy. I got a good vendor. <laughs> so, um, cool, man. That's really all I got. Uh, appreciate you coming on. And no, like thanks said, for having me. It was good. Yeah. If I ever make it up to uh, Canada, I'll. Uh, or, you're in Toronto, right? Yeah, Toronto. Yeah. Um, I'm my only other religion besides music is hockey. So, um, you know what? You uh, I, should be talking to the other guys in the band because I'm, I'm not a. I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm in the unpopular opinion of Canadians yeah. that don't uh, don't watch yeah. hockey. I'm a basketball guy. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Maybe one day be up there. But yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, uh, hopefully we're doing shows then too, right? Hopefully. Um, but yeah, like I said, just appreciate you chatting and I'll get this thing edited and uh, out soon. You know. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, uh, all right. Take it easy. Have a good See one. See you. Yeah, you too. So yeah, I want to thank Jared for coming on once again. His band is called One in the Chamber from Toronto, Ontario. And the song that you're hearing is called To the Gallows, which you can check out wherever you might listen to music. Have a good week.
The guilty ones play so I'll drown them and hate what's the limit.